Are you in a free country? Are you? Are you really a free country? I'm going to tackle this question by first looking at the basics that often get confused with the word freedom. So I'll talk about republics, democracies, votes, nations, states, constitutions, and so on. At the end, I will tell you no less than 20, yes, 20 critical hallmarks that make up a free country. And you won't want to miss that. All right, so let's do it then. A republic. So a republic, simply put, is a state or an entity where power rests with its people, i.e. its representatives. A republic is different from the other more common type of polity known as the monarchy or a principality or in some cases a theocracy. So a republic today, in my is a political entity not essentially run by a monarch. In Latin, where the word republic comes from, it simply means a public thing. Yes, that's it. Just a public thing. It does not and was never, in my intended to be something along the lines of what you would call a democracy. That's different. Essentially, you can have a non-monarchy rule in a military dictatorship. In fact, many non-democracies call themselves republics. To be clear, this isn't some kind of Western invention running through Greco-Roman history either. The idea of the public running affairs of state rather than a monarch is littered across history and many probably lost to history. In the ancient Near East, a number of cities in the eastern Mediterranean achieved collective rule. Republic city-states flourished along the Levantine coast from about the 11th century BCE, yes, that long ago. So that's not a European thing. Another non-Eurocentric example is from India. Early Republican institutions come from the independent Gan, meaning a tribe, and Sung, meaning assembly. That basically existed as early as the 6th century BCE, had persisted in some areas until the 4th century CE in India. Indeed, these concepts are common inside Indian culture to this day. So let's set the context. A republic is no Roman invention. It is also not at all uncommon throughout history. And that the idea of a public wanting to run affairs versus a monarch is normal. Importantly, a republic is not the same as a democracy. You can be a dictatorship, and still be a republic by virtue of not being a monarch. So that takes us to the next topic. What is a democracy? Well, it's certainly not a republic. A monarchy, like the United Kingdom today, can be a democracy. India, today, can be a democracy and a republic. Democracy, therefore, is a form of government. Let me repeat, democracy is a form of government this form of government. The people have the authority to deliberate and decide legislation. This is called direct democracy. Or they can choose governing officials to do the same for them. This is known as representative democracy. But who is considered part of, and I air quote, the people? And how authority is actually shared among these delegates who are selected by the people? And has that ever changed over time and at different paces and rates over different countries? Now, could it be that sometimes people are more democratic than others, at least in some countries? You may want to consider that a democracy in the year 2023 is not the same as a democracy in the year 1923. 
And likely, the idea would have evolved or changed by 2123. Who knows? Now, for example, in 2023, adult women have the right to vote equally as adult men in most countries. In 1923, that was not the case. In 2023, only adults vote and the public do not have a say in individual legislation. Who knows? By 2123, maybe that changes so even children can vote and maybe the public can vote on individual legislation as well. So, in summary, the concept of democracy shifts as time shifts. The name democracy, by the way, just in case you're remotely interested, does come from the ancient Greek. And by the way, just because it originates from ancient Greek and forms part of the Western Greco-Roman tradition, doesn't necessarily mean it was just invented there. Keep in mind that in different countries, you have completely different evolved democracies. France is different to Germany and they're next door to one another. A democracy is about having a say, legislation, stuff like that. That is different. It's different to having a vote. A vote is a different thing altogether. The idea of casting a vote isn't a form of government. It is a process. It is different in different countries, but it is an activity to determine a form of government. Now, I've covered republic, and I've talked about democracy and votes, and they're all very different things, and they can happen independently of one another. They are not the same. I want to get two other things before I talk about nation and state, because they're important too. And those two are one, freedom, and two, a written document like a Bible for the political entity, known, in other words, as a constitution. A constitution is essentially an aggregate of principles and established norms that form that political entity or organization. In other words, it's a document to talk to you, the members of that entity, how you're supposed to be governed. The US, for example, India, both of them have constitution. Importantly, and this is the critical part of this whole thing, that the constitution has to be written down like a holy book. It's a document, an enshrined holy book. The Constitution of India, interestingly, is the longest written constitution of any country in the world, 146,000 words in the English language version. The Constitution of Monaco is the shortest written constitution, about 4,000 odd words. The Constitution of San Marino, tiny country within Italy, might be the world's oldest active written constitution since some of its early core documents have been in operation since the year 1600 while the Constitution of the United States is the oldest codified constitution. A historical thing here for you, just a, just a tidbit of data. The historical life expectancy of a constitution since the French Revolution in 1789, the historical life expectancy of a constitution is just 19 years. That's it. So unlike the supposed word of God in a holy book, we as humans typically go and chop change, amend, and throw away these constitutions as we see fit. And while we're on the topic, constitution comes to English via French, and before that, with origins in Latin. A constitution could only really have been dreamed up by someone with a singular holy book, in this case, Christians, as a sovereign holy book. Now, let's not get too contentious and get confusing, so I want to differentiate something. So I want to differentiate the Constitution from codes of law. 
as in law versus constitution, especially in the historical sense, that these codes of law existed in prehistory and early written human history, including in ancient Iraq, where we have the codes from Sumerians, from Ur, and from Babylonia from some 4,000 years ago. It is not the same thing. Take the modern United Kingdom, for example. They do not have a constitution. It's more rules and norms written down over time. I would suggest that those codes are similar. Now, constitutional, it's a written Bible. Now we turn our attention to freedom, that wonderful overused word. I actually did an entire podcast on the history of freedom, and that podcast was a long time ago, so you should check it out. But I've touched on the idea or the philosophical idea of free will. In summary, to save you going back, free will is not there. It doesn't exist. So we are a victim primarily of our environment, our peers, and our indoctrinations. Freedom, though, is a political term. Everyone has the right to breathe, but not all of us have the political right to run a red traffic light. I know a town in, in India's Bihar where traffic lights are regularly ignored. I also know that in some parts of Europe, people will comply at a red light even when no one is looking. So who's more free, the person who ignores the traffic light or the person who just stops regardless of what's going on? Now, there is also something called legal freedom. The old thing about freedom, though, is that someone, at least in a legal sense, is giving it to you, taking it from you, breaking it, or ignoring it. Freedom, as you can tell, is not the same as democracy, isn't the same as showing up to vote, and it is not the same as a republic. And as like the other things, all of these things can operate independently of one another, but for some reason are often put under an umbrella called liberal democracy. And of course, liberalism itself is an ideology, while modern liberal fundamentalism is anything but free, democratic, or anything else. One of the factors limiting so-called freedom is God, or the gods, or lack thereof. So a religion or an ideology also can limit your own personal freedoms in a country, the country that you're in. At least that's what I reckon Anyway, now, before I ask the question, are you, you, living in a free country, I want to go back to the red traffic light point that I made earlier. Because I want you to ask yourself how much you and how much your freedom is governed by supposed rules and supposed norms in the society and environment that you live in. Let's ask, did you mask during COVID when the government united you to? Did you? get the vaccine when the government nudged you to? Or was it peer pressure that made you get it? Did you support your country when it invaded another state? Maybe it was Iraq, maybe it was Kuwait, maybe it was Japan. Do you believe the mainstream media of your country? Are you truly free? If you are not, then is your country free? To answer that question, we do need to tackle two additional things, the nation and the state. A nation is a community of people formed on a basis of a combination of shared things, stuff like language, history, ethnicity, culture, society. A tribe of people, say the Cherokee, are actually a nation. In fact, they're referred to as a nation. A state, however, is a legal political entity. So the United States of America is a state. A state and country are interchangeable here, so the US is a country just like France. The nation-state, the state where the state has a nation, France, being the first such entity, was a formation where the majority of the, the legal entity 
had a majority population that was also of a similar cultural identity. France being a good example, and France being the first one. So what is a nation-state? Now, I'm a bit biased here, and in my view, the nation-state is essentially the regime, also known as the civil service. This is the permanent government needed to keep the lights on, the missiles flying. You know, you can pretend all you want that the leaders change in a democracy, uh, that the regime always has to stay the same, so that when the leaders change, there's continuity. Anyhow, I'm going to go back to my question. Given all this malak, and that question is, is your country free? That's only a question your limited or non-free will can answer. But I do have some ideas about indications of freedom. And here, this is my top 20 indicators of freedom. What constitutes your country's freedom? Or is your country free? Here's my top 20. And in no particular order, let's start. So free countries, number one, free countries routinely have sensationalized media digitally and non-digitally. And often that media is just made up stories. Secondly, in free countries, celebrity-driven trash is more important than even sensationalized news. Three, another hallmark of a free country is that people are glued to social media. Reality television is critical. So a population doesn't really care about all the bad things the government actually does in their name. Fourthly, the elites rule everything in a free country. Five, there are some high-level elite universities that elites attend so they can rule everything in a free country. Six, the elite graduates then get plum jobs and highest salaries, meaning they rule everything and keep the country free. Seven, the poor plebs know their place in any free society. Eight, the poor plebs also don't know how to remove the elites, thus maintaining the free society. Nine, people need to be hooked on savings for their retirement, stocks, savings for their jobs, so that they can support the freedom-loving status quo. Ten, the ability to speak one's mind is a hallmark of freedom. Eleven, the illusion that speaking one's mind also is a hallmark of freedom. Twelve, Free countries mock their so-called leaders with entertaining levels of abuse very openly. 13. Your country is truly free if the leader can be thrown out or hanged. I mean, if you don't have a mechanism for violent overthrow, how free are you really? 14. Oh, another freedom-loving thing in my view is the ability to complain, moan, and constantly be an idiot to other people who themselves are complete clowns in their own rights. 15. Taxes. In freedom-loving countries, you pay so much in tax that you work half the year for your trusty government, the elite. 16. In free countries, they hunt you down if you don't pay your taxes, the elite. 17. In free societies, your media tells you everything you need to know. Don't question the narrative. 18. Also a great hallmark of free countries is that the media is full of spies trained to control your political thinking. 19. That means you are brainwashed and thus, in a free country, you would never rise up against the regime. And finally, 20. Leading to my last point here, in a free country, you should be totally, completely, and utterly brainwashed. Now, that's it for this episode. But before I run, when you ask yourself if you live in a free country, you may also want to wonder, as do I, that is your country free? 
Or is it that the country is free, but you are not free? In other words, the country is free to do what it wants to you. Maybe, just maybe, the notion of a free country, just like freedom and free will, is all a big pile of horse manure. No wonder everyone is so spent on celebrity gossip, reality television, and trash social media that rich, over-educated elites rule and ruin our lives. Maybe we are okay and happy to be unfree and cool with the illusion of freedom. So, is your country free? No. Well, yes, your country may be free, but you're not free in it. Anyway, that's it for this episode. Catch you soon. Bye for now.